values, and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks so much for being here, and a big thank you to Chief Sullivan from the Phoenix Police Department coming in. A very candid interview where he talked about where they are, where they're going, and then uh, his comments about the video that's made it online, and he wanted to make sure it was clear, and I think it is worth worth noting that uh, they were very clear about two things. Number one, in this video that you've seen, there is a criminal investigation that's been started as well as a policy investigation. But um, what they are, what's in the media is has been reported is that these two officers were placed on administrative leave um, after the video had been released and was seen on social media, and they are saying that's not the case. There was an internal investigation and that these two officers were placed on administrative leave long before that video was released to the public. So I don't know that it's an important distinction to you. I do think that's a significant distinction to make sure we under you know that they acted on this before it became a public um, outcry. They were already acting on it behind the scenes, and that may be the direction that we are seeing the police department headed uh, under uh, Chief Sullivan. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. Uh, you know how pro-cop I am. Um, and But when you see behavior that is outside of what you think is reasonable, it's just sad. It's, it's, it's not right to see. It's tough. And I'm going to talk more about it later in the show, especially in light of I understand I understand the emotion these two cops had just been shot at in their patrol vehicle and the guy ran into the store. I understand emotions getting high uh, like that, but controlling your emotions is part of that job. So uh, I don't want to get too judgmental right now on it, but we will be talking about it a little bit later on the show. Um, the Phoenix housing market has dropped to ninth in the country. What's interesting about that is that shows you how hot the Phoenix real estate market has been for a long time, that we are still in the top 10, but it's a big story that we're only in the top 10. That's how good the market has been for a long time. And um, what is it a sign of? And so are we going to see the in, the inflation rate in Phoenix, which has been the highest – when I say Phoenix, I should say the entire valley um, – that, that we are going to see the inflation rate here drop because a significant indicator in our inflation here and why it was the highest in the country was because our home prices were elevated and our rent prices were going up so quickly. So uh, I thought this was an interesting headline about where we are economically locally. Here's a headline that concerns me a great deal about – the future of our economy and impending recession that people are saying is going to happen. If it isn't already, and you know it's a technical term, are we in a recession? Job market remains strong, but we are seeing significant pullback in parts of our economy. And here is one that is, to me, is scary. U.S. manufacturing levels are the lowest since May of 2020. The Institute for Supply Management October report was published on Tuesday showing that the most recent purchasing managers index, the PMI, was at 50.2, which is a 0.7 drop from the month prior. The number is also the lowest level since May of 2020 and shows that manufacturing industry is almost at a flat level. This is according to The Hill. Um, That to me is significant. We have seen a significant rise in manufacturing jobs in Arizona. There has been an interest and a intentional growth in the area of manufacturing. And uh, I, I believe that's going to continue. I think we are better positioned here to withstand a recession than other places because of the diversity of our economy. I've talked about that with experts who believe the same thing. That doesn't mean we will go unscathed, but it does mean that we are going to fare better than some other places. But I don't want to see recession and I don't want to see things pulled back for working class Americans or any Americans for that matter, but especially the working class who seem to be the middle class seems to get hammered the most when these things happen. Um, But we are starting to see 
it moving in that direction and it's starting to be a little frightening. So where people were able to and maybe this is going to motivate people back to work, I'm not sure. But it's interesting to see that productivity is down with the American workers. Productivity is down. And this is interesting to me as well. Guaranteed income programs starting to catch on in the U.S. The policy that's been the standard in Northern Europe and Canada leads to better outcomes for children and parents. So you cannot tell me that there's not a correlation between the uh, slowdown in productivity and the increase in programs and belief in programs like this. One of the things that has always made American Americans proud has been the work ethic of Americans, the hard work ethic that we have. Roll up your sleeves and go to work. That's always been a saying. That's who we have always been. And so are we losing that edge? Are we starting to see other parts of the world, which we've outshined? And that's the part of this that that is frustrating to me. Um, When you say the standard in Northern Europe uh, and Canada, but our economies are so much bigger and stronger than theirs. Are there people out there, and I think that's one of the great things about America, and I hope it continues forever, is there are people that I know that are great. uh, They're great parents. They're just really good people. They want to go to work. They want to do their job. They want to work their shift, and they don't want to think about work again until the next day that they have to or after the weekend or after vacation is over. They are happy in their lives with the money they are making and the life that they have set. They are not trying to climb the corporate ladder. They are not trying to excel and get to the next level. They're happy where they are. And I think that's a great place to be. If you are someone that's in peace and you love your life and you love where you're at and your bills are paid and your family is cared for so that you are happy in your station in life, I think that place of peace is an amazing place to be. But we also in this country have always made room for the people that just were aggressive in what they wanted in life. Not so much money. I think when you chase money, um, it becomes unfulfilling. But when you chase a goal, when somebody says, I want to start my own business, I want to build something from the ground up. And they work 10, 12, 14, 16 hours a day, six, seven days a week, bag lunches and bag breakfast. They're there before everybody else. They leave after everybody else leaves there. You know, the chief cook and bottle washer. And uh, they do everything in the business to get it going, to build it. There's room for that in America, for the people that do that. And I don't think is one is better than the other. But we allow for both. If we are seeing productivity go down and we watch inflation go up, what does a guaranteed income do? What does it serve? I think guaranteed income is 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 fosters sometimes, not always, but in some people it fosters laziness and it fosters inactivity. We have, I believe, we have the responsibility to take care of, as, as, uh, as the Bible says, widows and orphans. In other words, we should be caring for people, and we should be doing a better job of caring for people that cannot take care of themselves, not the people that will not take care of themselves. There's a difference. We are a mile wide and an inch deep with the assistance we give in America. Instead of saying to people that are able-bodied and, and just maybe unwilling, instead of saying to them, those that will not work shall not eat. Eat. Instead of saying that to them, we are a mile wide and inch deep, deep with our aid and assistance to people. And is that is that negatively affecting the ability to have a good work ethic and have more productivity in America? It's an interesting thought, at least. Uh, in a moment, Arizona schools are facing massive cuts. It's been a big story this morning in Arizona's on KTAR News and Arizona's Morning News. I'm sure they talked about it. We're going to talk about what's happening and why this is happening and why I think it's a big story. All that's coming up here in just a couple of moments. 
News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks again for spending some time with the show. Arizona schools once again facing massive cuts because of spending limits. This is at KTAR.com. You can read the story there. State superintendent um, talked to KTAR News and said they may have to slash their budgets by 18%. Put another way, Mesa Public Schools could have to cut $88 million from its budget. And what this goes back to is a, a 1980s proposition. I've talked and I've railed against this for a long time. Our propositional form of government is a lazy form of government. And what it really does is it allows you to go around the legislature when it is a a, a, a um, citizen-initiated initiative. So um, what they do is they go out and they get signatures. They, they, they craft a piece of – a proposition, a piece of legislation, so to speak, that you're going to vote on. And they go out to the people and they try to get the required number of signatures so that it gets on the ballot. And then they lobby for the public. Public to vote for it. And the way our, our system works in Arizona is if these ballot propositions pass, the Constitution affords that they cannot be altered unless there is a two-thirds majority. When I say altered, it would be restricted. You can always make it more. You can't make it less than what its intended cause was. So if uh, we have a two-thirds majority in the House and the Senate – has to vote uh, in favor of overriding this, which they did last year in the final week of the legislative session. I should say in the last, not last year, but in the last uh, part of the legislative session. And they did it, but will they do it again? We don't know what the makeup of the legislature is going to be. Is it going to be Republican controlled or Democrat controlled? Because the Democrats have chipped away at the legislature over the last at least 10 years, maybe a little longer, where there used to be huge majorities of Republicans in the state legislature. But after redistricting and some of the other, I would say, um, pretty quality candidacies by Democrat candidates with uh, focus on things in their district that were important, they have won more and more races to where it is a very thin margin right now of of, uh, majority for Republicans, and that may change. We don't know what it's going to look like. Now, we talk about a red wave, and there are people that say they believe that it is going to expand by a little bit for the Republicans, but we don't know that. But even so, let's say it is stays exactly like it is now with a one-seat majority for Republicans in the House and the Senate, and they do maintain control. You still have to get two-thirds majority to agree to override this 1980s proposition, and what it does is it limits how much money can be spent in the budget for education. I cannot stand propositions because what is good now may not be good 10, 20, 30, 40 years later. So you've got a bill from, in I think it was 1980, but it was in the early 1980s. You have a proposition, I keep saying a bill, a proposition that was passed by the voters that I don't know. I wasn't here in 1980. I don't know if it was a valuable addition to um, our budgetary process in Arizona. I have no idea. What I do know now is people on both sides of the aisle are railing on this particular thing. The government in Arizona has allocated more and more money to education. Now, we argue time and time again on whether or not we're spending enough on education or if it's an argument of how that money's being spent. And that's not what this is about. This is about the money being allocated to the school districts. And because of this proposition, it's going to take two-thirds of the legislature to agree to override it. Now, are they going to do a one-time override? where every single year they have to do this, or are they going to do this and once and for all get rid of it? That's another question. 
But it shows you that when we pass ballot initiatives, when we pass these propositions, that there are good things in them, there are bad things in them. Who knows? Uh, the idea, uh, you know, Prop 308 when it comes to the Dreamers, I believe that's going to pass pretty easily. Whatever my stance is on it, I'm just looking at the details of this, of providing in-state tuition for dreamers, I think that it's going to pass. So let's say it does pass, but then let's say that it's carried over and then in 10 years from now, we're looking at the mass a massive number of people that have come here just in the past year. And we are seeing in Arizona that we want to change that. We don't like that so much. Or we want to make additions or subtractions to it. It's two-thirds majority. Two-thirds. It ties the hand of the legislature to do its job. That's why I can't stand it. People say I'm staying in the way of democracy. Well, I can tell you, go back and read what our founding fathers thought about a raw democracy. It's the laziest, worst form of government. It is a mob rules mentality. We have a representative republic. You are supposed to have people you elect to represent you in your district. You have two representatives and one senator in your district across every, you know, uh, across the entire state of Arizona that go to the legislature. And they are to do your bidding. If you don't like what they're doing, then you should change your legislator. The idea that we're going to continue to have these propositions, all it takes is a great ad campaign. I'm not complaining about the legalization of marijuana. I'm just pointing this out. It is all about what they want nationally. So what you have are, and this is you know things I support, things I don't, it doesn't matter. Here's how it works. You get something like the legalization or decriminalization of marijuana in states across the country. They have a huge lobby. They've got a ton of money. It gets ground in Arizona. They hire people from outside the state or in the state. Doesn't matter. Get the signatures and get it on the ballot. And then it's whoever has the shiniest, best campaign that wins. The details of what the fallout is aren't known necessarily for years, and that's like that with any piece of legislation, except with a law that's passed by the legislature, they can go in and fix it. They can't with these ballot propositions. That's why I hate our propositional form of government. So here we are as a state arguing and arguing and arguing about are we spending enough money in education? More money has been allocated for education that may not be able to be spent because if the legislature can't get its act together and agree on a plan to get a two-thirds majority, you can throw all the stones at each other you want. But until it gets done, the schools are held hostage. This is why it's a bad idea because if this law had been passed the right way, it could go in and be changed. The legislature could go in and they could fix it. Now they can't. And that's why I'm not a big fan of these uh, ballot initiatives. In a moment, uh, how are locals responding to the shipping containers at the border? We're going to talk about a national story where they asked people down in Yuma how it's going. We'll talk about that coming up here in just a moment. and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks so much for being here. During King LASIK's season of savings, LASIK for both eyes is now just $3,500. That's a $2,000 savings, and at 0% financing for 24 months on approved credit, LASIK with Dr. King is only $146 per month. Go to kinglasik.com slash Arizona for complete details. Um, Arizona is using shipping containers to plug the border wall gaps. How are locals responding? This is a, a, a story 
that was written uh, about Yuma, Arizona. Arizona told Fox News they support Governor Ducey's using shipping containers to plug border wall gaps if they help curb mass immigration. He wants the people to be able to come to the United States, but we're getting flooded. So that kind of scares me. It's a woman named Sandy from Yuma. I think people need help, but we can only give so much. We have to have an orderly immigration system. Uh, We've talked about this many, many times, and this doesn't change for me. Um, If you listen to the show for any amount of time, I am a huge advocate for legal immigration. I know too many families and too many great stories of Americanism that start not with wealthy people that are college educated that make it in America. Those are great stories as well. I think if you want to come here and bring your skill set to make our economy better and whatever you're doing a better place to work for you and as a better place for all of us and you're a contributor, I think that's great. But what we talk about often in immigration are the American stories that start with parents that are desperate for their children to have a better life. So they make their way to America, and this goes back generations. How many times do we hear stories of great success where the person that's successful will talk about their parents or their grandparents coming to this country? It's an amazing story of success that America affords that's unique that we fight here about a class system, but we genuinely can break those ceilings, and so many families do it. Those stories are remarkable. The remarkable stories of success that I've been a part of or I've witnessed, that I have been in the middle of when they're being told. Sitting in a home that was purchased by Cuban immigrants, who, and I was with what, their oldest daughter for years. It was my first uh, in, in, uh, in Florida. Great family. I'm still close with her and her sisters and her brother and her parents. I go and see them every time I go home. But to sit in their home that they purchased, that they had built, and I was dating that I was dating their daughter when they were living in a very small place and their father was just starting out in his career. Not only did he get his career off the ground and become a head draftsman in a company, he put his wife through college and his wife was a school teacher in the local school system in southwest Florida. And I, I don't know if she's just recently retired or if she's still teaching part time. He's retired and works and volunteers as a police aide in the town. They built their own home. This is a family that in the late 1970s came to this country on the on the deck of a ship, on the deck of a, a shrimp boat, a fishing boat from Havana, Cuba to the shores of Miami, Florida. They went through Freedom Town. They got their green cards. They all became citizens at first opportunity, and they are now contributors. They have grandchildren now who are first generation born in America. That's the American dream. That's what we should all strive to see for people. We want that for people. What we are witnessing at the border is an unmitigated disaster. It is not good for the people that are coming. The only ones that are benefiting are the cartels. There are a couple of cartels in Mexico that say they will go legit if there isn't any criminal charges against them. We are watching what's happening in Mexico, and we saw what happened in the 1980s in Colombia. We waited as a nation a very long time to help the Colombian people and work on this when the shores of America were being inundated with cocaine and wars in our street, cartel wars in our streets, as well as what was happening in Colombia, where they were blowing up government buildings and assassinating government officials because they built their own armies, what these cocaine cartels did, whether it was Medellin or Cali, whatever it was. And we're watching the same thing happen to our neighbors to the south. And we are seeing these cartels are being enriched by drugs. They are. But they're also being enriched by human trafficking. 
We are seeing people and there is nothing being done by our government of any value whatsoever. This is where the frustration for Americans comes. And the one thing that's happening, and I'm warning people, there are a lot of people out there that think our immigration system should be a walkover, that this should be that, that we should be have no borders and we should allow anybody to come here that wants to come here. I'm telling you your immigration message of an easier immigration system. And when they talk about immigration reform, they're talking about making it easier for people to come here. Your argument for that is getting defeated every single day with the mess that's been created at the border. Because more and more Americans who are in favor of immigration and tell stories like I do, and when we witness people and they're swearing in ceremonies as naturalized citizens, we as Americans are filled with pride that you would want to come and join us. And that is an Amer- I think that is an overwhelming American sentiment. But it is being diminished every single day by what's happening at the border. And you see our governor doing something because the federal government isn't. And the people of Yuma know it. These are the same people in Yuma that are giving – uh, sustenance to the people that are crossing when they were overwhelmed and there were no federal agents at the border. So there were hundreds and hundreds of people sitting on the American side of the border for a couple of days at times waiting to be processed into our system. The people of Yuma brought them blankets and water and food because they're humans. They're human beings. So it's not that they're heartless people that just want the border wall built and go fend for yourself. Everybody understands that there are people that need help. What about the asylum seekers? What about the Afghan refugees that are fighting to stay here that have to be involved in this overwhelmed system where there are legitimate asylum claims, but you have to wait your turn in line behind people that have no legitimate asylum claim whatsoever? What do we do about that? This is where a reasonable conversation and not this political conversation all the time about um, who is mean spirited and who is nice. And no, what is the right thing to do? What is the American thing to do? And how do we fix this mess? I've been saying this recently and I should have been saying it a lot more often. As Americans, we should be proud of our immigration system. We should be proud of the fact that the world still wants to come to our shores. That should be a source of of a personal compliment that they people still see us as the world's last best hope. But instead of it being a system where we are proud of the numbers of people that want to come here, we are embarrassed or at least we should be ashamed of ourselves in the system we've allowed to be created and foster what's happening at the border right now. It's it's not fair. It's horrible. Uh, in a moment, uh, Gatos joins me. We had to move the big Q poll question of the day because of our guest in studio. So Gatos will join me in just a couple of moments. The Gatos Big Q poll question brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Hey, good morning, Gatos. Good morning, Mike. How are you? I'm good, man. I appreciate your patience and reschedule with me. We had Chief Sullivan in the studio. It was an interesting conversation, so I appreciate you moving. Yeah, he's a good guy. He seems like a very, obviously, he's a good cop. You know, they brought him here. They did a nationwide search and brought him here. And he seemed reasonable. He seemed uh, willing to talk. He was transparent. So what more can you ask, you know? I think that's good, man. That's yeah. good. I'm glad. I haven't interviewed him yet, but I'm looking forward to meeting him. Yeah, yeah. He, he was a very thoughtful so person. Mike, yes. I'm always looking. I'm always very cool. You know, I'm always looking for something for you and I to do together, and I've, you know, I asked you about the ballot box watching. You didn't want to do that, and I was a little disappointed. We could have wore, you know, our war pants and, and pack heat. How about this? We go to the Taylor Swift concert together. Oy, yeah, yeah, I'd rather go watch ballot boxes. You'd rather... 
But it's Taylor Swift. She's the biggest star on the planet, and she's coming to Arizona. Number one stop, by the way, Phoenix, Arizona, Glendale, Arizona. Um, can I? Can I? Let me make an admission to you, a confession that I, I'm sure you're not going to be surprised by. Um, All right. I have never listened to an entire Taylor Swift song in its entirety. Well, we have to change that. You've you know, got plenty of money. You're going to buy us two tickets, and we're going to go and have fun. Isn't uh, it, it was? Isn't one of her Sean songs "Shake It Off"? Shake it off. Yeah, I turn it off. I, I turn it off. I, I just. What do you mean you turn it off? I don't listen Isn't to that. that great? Ugh, no. Come on, you're not that old, dude. Come on, let's go see Taylor no, Swift together. Glendale, we'll go do it. Just not my style of music. That's all. All right. Well, here's my poll question. Are you ready? I'm ready. Taylor Swift announced that the uh, first stop on her big tour uh, will be in Arizona. State Farm Stadium. Will you go to the concert in March? Uh, A, yes, I'm a Swifty. Uh, B, uh, maybe, depends on ticket prices, because you know those prices are going to be high. Yep. And then uh, C, no, I'm more of a Harry Styles fan. Now, you know I love Harry Styles. I love Harry Styles. I love him. All right. But I still think we should go and experience this concert together. Are you? It would be good for you know, it'd be good for our friendship. It'd be good for you know the workplace, and, and it'd be a bonding experience. Okay, are you uh, are you willing to pony up what the tickets are going to cost? Yeah, you are. I'm willing to pony up half if you're willing to pony up your half. Huh? I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not willing. <laughs> <laughs> What's the last concert you went to? Oh, my gosh. What was the last concert I went to? Um, Pre-COVID, I went to, I believe it was Kid Rock was my last concert. No, 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 no. I went, I know, I went, um, who did I, Pearl Jam. I saw Pearl Jam. Okay, that was this year. Yeah, that was this year. I forgot, I did. I went and saw Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam, Taylor Swift, what's the difference? It's very similar music. What What the heck? What did you just say? <laughs> that was. Uh, are you gonna go? That are you was, gonna go see Elton John? Are I you want go to see Elton John. I, I I want to. I try. You know, I don't. I don't normally try to get hookups to things. I tried to get a hookup to Elton yeah. John, and it hasn't happened yet. But I would love to see Elton John. He is just one so of those. He's one of them. He's one of the iconic acts that I want to see. He'd be one of them. Rod Stewart would be another one. I'd love to see him. Well, why don't you go pony up the money then? You're not going to go to Taylor Swift, spend some money, go see Elton John in a couple I, weeks. I can't justify that much money to get oh, a cheap geez. seat. I just can't do it. It's too much money. Oh, oh, for crying out loud. You make plenty of money. You know, you, we always talk. You don't have a girlfriend you're spending money on. You know what? Spend some money on yourself. Buy one ticket and go. No one will laugh Listen, at you. That's pathetic, and you know it. There is nothing more pathetic than going to a movie or a concert by yourself. No, there's nothing wrong with it. Nobody cares. You're the only one that cares. Go to go by yourself. Have a couple drinks. Take yourself out to dinner. It'll be nice. <laughs> Do you? All right, I got to ask you a question. Did you take my advice on the Blackwell Ghost? Not yet, but I'm, I'm going to do it, I think, this week. I've got to see it because you say it's great, and if it's all scary, I'm in. It, it is, and that's the thing. I want to. I want you to watch it and tell me your impression of it, whether it's real or it's not. It's filmed like a documentary. I don't know if it's real, but man, oh, man. I, I just I can't wait to get your reaction to it. 
So it's scary, and you think, well, I watch it, I'm going to fill my shorts. I think so. I think, you know, it, it builds to some crazy things that happen in every single episode. And every episode's connected. Watch them in order, man. It is so cool. I'm going to watch it, but I'm also thinking we should go see Taylor Swift, so I want you to sleep on it. Well, you started this thing off saying that you and I were going to put on our camo and go watch ballot boxes. You buy some camo pants, and then we'll talk about it. I got war pants. I'm ready to go. Let's you go don't, watch you, I would bet a lot of money that you do not own camo. I don't own camo. Okay. I do not. Thank I do you. not. I'd have to go and buy it. All right. <laughs> well, Gatos, it's good talking to you. I appreciate you moving your time slot, and I'll be talking to you at the regular time tomorrow. All right, man. I'll see you tomorrow. All right. That's Gatos and the Big Q poll question today brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Oh, my gosh. Could you picture me and Gatos at the uh, Taylor Swift concert? Oh. You could? Yeah. Yeah. Come on. She's awesome. Okay. <laughs> you sit there and laugh, but she's phenomenal. I, I'm, listen, she probably is. She's just, it's just not my style of music. I'm not insulting her. It's just not my... I'm too old to be in that room anyway. Not even her old country music she used to do? Mm, that really wasn't country music. Okay. Waylon Jennings is country music. Garth Brooks is country music. Okay, I yield. I yield. All right, thank you. See, now you just make me sound so much older than I really am. I'm old, but I'm not a curmudgeon. It's just that, that Taylor Swift never sang country music. They played it on country stations, but it wasn't country music. You can't sing pop music with a southern accent and call it country music. It's pop music. That's what it is. Let's call it what it is. Coming up just after 10 o'clock, federal judge rules on limitations to watch ballot drop boxes. So stick around for that.